What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Make It Happen podcast. Uh, filling in for John here, um, and we're interviewing about sales development. So this is a super exciting topic to dive into. Uh, we have Damien on the show. I've known Damien for a while, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. And what we're talking about is where sales development is now. So there's a ton of questions that are going to go into this. Like, what does this look like? Like, where are we heading? Um, but I definitely just want to dive into this with just a high-level question. Like, Damien, where do you feel like sales development is going or where is it now? Like, what, what's happening, man? Yeah, so, uh, so Morgan, I think this is a really interesting question, right? Because when you look at sales, I'm just going to say when you look at sales in general or the customer lifecycle in general, right? You have different phases of that. You've got your sales reps who close the deal. Well, we'll air quote that, close, close the deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've got your marketers who sort of nurture the relationships and develop that. But and in the middle of that, you have sales development, which is really building the relationship. And so the way I view it is there's three different functions going on. But where, what's, what's happening today is that sales development either reports to sales or reports to marketing. And that, and that kind of influences everything, right? It influences metrics. It influences how they yeah. do their job. It influences tools that they use. So I think that's kind of one of the, one of the key areas that we need to start thinking about um, where sales development is today is where should we see it being tomorrow? as opposed to, right, like, what's going on now. Um, because we're focused more on relationships now. It's the, everything has changed, right? The way that our buyers interact with us has shifted. So, let's, so you focus on relationships, but this is something to, to point out, to try to make sense here. So how does someone focus on relationships when they're asked to do so much at a volume play? Like, how, how can you do that? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that goes to that kind of goes in. I knew that was going to be one of the first things to come up, right? I mean... Sales is inherently a volume game, right? I mean, it's a numbered game. Um, you absolutely have to put activities in the air, right? But I think what you really need to, to accomplish is not looking at it as, some, as, as like a task, but more like, how do we do this smart? Like, for example, if I'm going to, if I'm going to send out a, a campaign or a newsletter to 500 contacts, why would I be sending it to 10 people in the same company? Right? So I think, I think, Kind of where it is today is we we have all this technology that we don't really know how to fully harness yet, and what's going to happen tomorrow is AI is going to develop, machine learning is going to develop, systems like SalesLoft are already doing it, recording their meeting for you, right? So you're you're going to be less about how do I just send out a bunch of crap and more about how do I really hone this in and how do I really develop my message and how do I be smart about how I'm doing my job. So it leaves more room for things like personalization, like real personalization, not just how's the weather, but like aligning business value with the conversation you're having with their role with what they do. And you're going to start seeing SDRs bringing in bigger size deals, bringing in better qualified deals, being able to hit their numbers. And we're going to, and I think it's over time, we're going to see this evolve to more of like SDRs being um, comped on revenue as opposed to a number of meeting sets. Yeah, so there's a lot of things you said there that definitely want to dive into and unpack. Uh, one thing you're saying is, hey, we're going to set more quality meetings. So are you saying that there are going to be less SDRs and BDRs to set those quality meetings as they're tying to revenue? That's, that's interesting. You know, I really hadn't thought of that. I mean, I, I, my, my personal belief is that um, technology in the future is going to kind of phase out your, I'll call them underperforming SDRs, right? Because it's, it, because automation enhances the skills that you have today. So if I'm crushing it at 150% of my number every month, I'm going to continue to do that. But obviously, you know, the gaps are going to be huge. So um, long-winded answer, I think, yes. But I think this is also the responsibility of management, management to recognize that, hey, 
maybe this isn't this person's skill set. So I think I think what what it's so, so let me back up. I think kind of yeah. like what CRs are today, they're seen as like this launching pad into an AE role. And I think how it needs to be viewed as a launch pad into the company. Right. So instead of focus, instead of hyper focusing SDRs on let's get to a closing role, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would encourage SDR leaders to go out and just interview all of their SDRs and say, what are you really interested in and unpack that? And I guarantee you on a team of 10 SDRs, you're going to get at least eight different answers. So I think yeah. that's a big thing is like figuring out what people want to do and helping them get to where they need to go to make that happen. So managers need to be in play to make sure they reinforce that. Kind of want to tie back one more time because we talked about the quality to make sure that they're there and that they're actually doing the right things. But you're saying that we're going to see more tied to revenue. How can you see that happening? Um, because all the, obviously all the, all the BDR and SDR does is set the meeting. So how can they be tied to revenue? How can they get more part of that process to really feel like they're actually in it? I mean, it's a compensation thing, right? People who people who want to drive revenue are also driven by, by money. So mm-hmm. um you know, what I've seen be successful in the past, and, you know, granted this was an enterprise, was that SDRs were both comped on stage two opportunity, which is, you know, obviously qualified opportunity. And then they're also comped on revenue. And they're comped in brackets on revenue. So, you know, zero to 50K, you get squat. 50K to 100, you get something. And then 200 plus, you get an exponentially larger, like, piece of the pie. So if, you're, if your AEs get comped, like, let's say 5%, I don't think giving your SDRs a half a percent is that big of a deal. So I, I think it needs to be like a shared goal. Um, and which is interesting because, you know, you came from Terminus, so you understand the whole one team kind of mentality. And so I yeah. think this is the thing we're going to start to see is cross-functional teams on the sales side as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's where marketing comes into play. Customer success even has to be advocates of this as well. Um, managers have to get in the mix. So we're going to kind of dive into that. So, what would you tell to frontline managers right now, like where sales development currently stands, that they can be doing to proactively make sure that their team is doing qual- setting up qualified meetings and doing qualified uh, outreach? And then we'll kind of dive more into that, what that means. Yeah, so I think um, that's a really good question. That's really a hard question, too. And I think it kind of falls on the sales development leadership and kind of goes into something else that I've, I've been preaching for a minute now is that I believe sales development needs to be a function of its own. You've got, you've got different functions that surface different areas of the sales cycle. Sales development is a, is a specified skill set. So I think it needs to be a function of its own. Um, and when you have that happening, you have leaders who are able to set expectations with other departments. You also have a higher level of accountability because there's a, there's a budget tied to this, right? Like they're expected to generate a certain number. So um, those, you know, that, that's kind of like the high of it. But I think it definitely needs to be like an expectation setting, just like we set expectations with our managers. Um, they need to be kind of cross, cross-functionally setting expectations with other leaders and other departments. So is that before someone gets on the team? Is that during one-on-ones? Are we addressing this to the whole team? Like, how can you set that up? Because I know some people will be like, hey, you know what, uh, Damien, this, this conversation is cool and all, but I'm doing a lot of volume and I'm getting results. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you always have anomalies and, and you know, I'm I'm kind of one of those because... Um, you know, I'll send out like an, an email blast, if you will, um, and I'll get results. But, you know, kind of going back to it, it's, it's doing it smartly, right? It's, it's working smart as, as opposed to just yanking a list out of Salesforce. And I think that's a big thing too, right? Is in the management, we need to start talking about, okay, we know 
that this is a numbers game, but let's let's make it so that we're not just doing the activities because we want to hit a metric. Right. And, and I think that's where we get caught a lot of it. A lot nowadays is SDRs are sending out blasts, but they're not, they're not cleaning the list. They really don't care. They really don't have an emotional connection or, or they haven't formed an opinion about the business. Yeah. And I think that's where we need getting better is about researching, about documenting the research and really about using that to, to drive the conversation. Yeah, no, I, and that's a great point. We have to make sure that <clears throat> there's research there. There's something that's going to have a compelling message and make sure that things are happening correctly. So I kind of want to reiterate on that because you mentioned, hey, qualified conversations, qualified meetings. What's the best way to do that? Are you looking on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google websites? What's your process and what do you suggest people do with their process today as we're evolving in sales development? Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely multi-channel now, right? I think yeah. I think when I, what I like to say sales development, we're part marketers, part sales people, master of neither. So, you know, we, we absolutely have to be in social. We, we've got to, obviously, we've got to be an email and phone, the, the traditional channels. But yeah, I mean, I started to see a lot more success on LinkedIn than anything else. Um, not so much using automation tools, but, you know, like I said, like kind of tying all the, all the different um, streams back together. And then I use Twitter a lot for personal stuff, right? I mean, you can learn a lot about Twitter. Instagram's an up-and-coming B2B um, channel. So, um, Really, I think it's just being where your buyers are. And I think everybody in sales development sounds like a broken record right now saying that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like got to be more personalized, got to be more quality, got to do these things, which actually brings up my next question is, what is something that no one's talking about that everyone should be paying more attention to right now in sales development? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely technology. I think we're seeing like a leapfrog of a lot of different technologies coming out there. Um, a lot of companies building integration. We start talking about air quote personalization at scale. Um, I think some companies do better than others, but I think really we're going to start seeing um, kind of what the Martech scene saw before is like, we're going to have a lot more noise and how do you cut through it? So I think we're going to be getting back to the basics, but um, yeah, big thing definitely going to be technology and, and how we leverage that to make our underperformance overperform. Definitely. No, I think that's important. And, Let's talk about so sales development. That's what's happening now. There's a lot of things that are that are ongoing. What are some things that sales development reps right now should stop doing? <laughs> um, stop checking in, obviously, number one. <laughs> yeah, um, don't touch and, and check I, and in. That, and I say that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, just stop saying these words. I'm not, I, I don't say it to say stop saying the words. I say it to change the mentality. Like you should never, your, your main reason for contacting someone should never be to follow up on something. It should always be providing value. And we see that all the time. Hey, just following up on an email. That's going to get deleted instantly. Mm. So I think it's really just value mindset, you know, as opposed to, hey, personalize your email, like have a value driven mindset. How can you get in a value driven mindset? research, right? I mean, books. I mean, I've been doing a lot more reading lately. Um, admittedly, I probably have about 20 sales books here and I've only read like one. <laughs> <laughs> just grabbing books so, like we all do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just grabbing them up. But I mean, that's a big thing too, is reading, listening to podcasts. I think it's really important to um, grab a podcast that your target audience is on and listen, just listen to what they're talking about. Listen to the terms they're using, listen to the issues that a lot of the, the VPs and, and, you know, executives are having in these companies. And then when you start talking to someone who's in a lower level, you start to really be able to piece it all together. And Hey, like 
this is how it helps you, but I know that your your VP is worried about this. So how can I help you make look? How can I help make you look better? So I think that's really a big thing is getting in the mindset of the person who you're selling to. And it goes for marketers too, right? I mean, you know, marketers the, the same way. Like we know what we want, but we need to align better with what they want. So two two questions that come out of that. One is, is that more so, hey, go listen to podcasts of people that you're reaching out to, like take those notes so that you can actually speak the same language as them? Or is it more than that? Do I need to go out and talk to my CSMs? And then second, you mentioned um, marketing. Like how can marketing and sales development now today be more aligned? Because I feel like that needs to happen and it doesn't happen in most organizations. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a struggle pretty much everywhere you go is, you know, how is the alignment, you know, what should be a, a, an appropriate cadence? Like, how are you aligning events and all that kind of thing? And, mm. you know, and, and it's difficult, right? Cause I mean, a lot of times it's managed through like Salesforce campaigns and that, while that's nice, usually there's not notes. So, um, really it just needs to be shared goals. Right. And it really needs to we really need to bring in leadership from both of these teams to like really have conversations about, Hey, if we change this in the process, how is it going to affect your process? Like, how is it going to help you guys to drive your numbers? So that's what I think is the biggest challenge. I could break down in communication. So I think it really needs, we really need to get back to collaboration, if you will. Why, why do you think that's broken off from a collab standpoint? I think, hold on a second. I'm sorry. My dog is going nuts over here. Um, I think it's just like kind of like not shared goals, right? I mean, we're focused on meetings. They're focused on conversion rates. It's kind of a different thing. Um, but I think it's also that we re, I think we, we lack the understanding of how much we can help each other. And that only happens, you know, with the trickle down type effects where people get together and talk about how they can help each other and talk about what those goals should be. No. Yeah. I think it's definitely, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a higher conversation conversation to be had and it needs to make its way down to the practitioners at both levels so that everyone can understand um, each other's mindset. So my wife's a marketer and I'm a salesperson. So we get into a lot of these debates a lot about yeah. how it's supposed to be defined. And the easiest way to do that is generally through some sort of technology, some kind of shared platform. So that makes sense. The sales and marketing debate right there, which is ongoing and you know, we'll, we'll, who knows if it'll ever end, but let's talk about sales development within the organization. Cause there actually is a lot of sales development teams that actually report into marketing. Um, and some yeah. report into obviously sales. And then I've heard some might start reporting to other places. Right. So like, do you see it expanding, but, but beyond sales and marketing reporting into, and then if so, where do you think that's going to be? And then also additionally, do you feel like SDS reporting to sales is better or marketing is better? A loaded question, but there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, that, the last question I'll save to the end, obviously. Um, so, yeah, when I was in, you know, it's interesting because when I was, last time I was in San Francisco, I actually sat down with Corey Bray and I spoke with him. And I was like, hey, you know, I think sales development needs to be his own function. And this is the thing I like about Corey is that you can have a conversation with him about something he absolutely doesn't agree with and he'll still try to see your point. So we talked about that and he says, hey, I feel like they should report in the ops. So, you know, to, just to go back to your point, it's like, there's so many different ways they can go. Um, and that's why I think that SDR is kind of like that jack of all trades, master of none, but it's kind of that role where people are still exploring what they want to do. So, um, you know, I don't really know what the future of it's going to hold. I hope that they're going to be a function of their own because it makes it easier to just to have, to have your own voice and to really be able to back your talent up. 
Um, as far as the is sales are, are marketing better, I really don't know. Like I have I have my reservations on both. I really think that marketing and SDRs in general need to be aligned better. So if you roll into marketing, it, it probably makes more sense. But given the career paths we have today, right? Like your most common career path is to AE. I've also spoken to leaders in some of those companies where SDRs report to marketing. Sales leaders aren't really looking to pull somebody from a marketing team for an AE role. So you're starting to have like that kind of dissonance already. So it's kind of if you're going to report them into marketing, they need to have a, an absolute concrete career path. And I think around the board, that's something that's lacking is that that actual path, like with set defined dates. If you hit these numbers, this is what's going to happen. And I, I feel like that's lacking in most organizations. Why do you think most organizations don't have that? Because I've heard that before. It's like, hey, you know, I don't have a guideline process of how I'm going to get to the next level, which you think that would should be there, but a lot of companies don't have that. So why why is that not happening? That's the obviously the entry point of your organization, and those people are going to be the next leaders and the closers on their team. So why is there not a process? Like that's kind of odd. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it comes down to a lot of um, the intangibles, right? So I mean, there's obviously like what we like to call the X factor or some kind of some kind of capability that our top performers have that they just really can't describe. And I think too often leadership is looking for just those. <laughs> and they're not necessarily worried about the rest of the package. Yeah. So it's kind of like we want quota crushes or nothing at all. Um, and I think that may be kind of what holds some people back is that, you know, while they may do good on the numbers, they don't have those intangibles that leadership looks for. So kind of goes back to that larger conversation of let's develop the skills that each individual person is good at because if you look at the way sales teams are managed, there might be five or six reps on a team, right? Mm. Well, they're all managed differently, right? Like those managers recognize that one <coughs> team doesn't fit everybody. Yeah. So I think, I think we, we see a, a general lack of that in SDR land. Like they're kind of just like, hey, everybody stick to this metric. You do it this way. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll talk about why it doesn't, right? But in reality, it should be one-to-one time. You have a team of, of eight SDRs with one manager they should all have their own different path or they should know what that defined path is. And it means that the manager has to take more time out to do that. Yeah. So I that's, that's a go long ahead. answer to it, but. Yo, no, no, no. It's, I mean, it's a good answer because people have to, people have to know, you know, I'm in this vision for a year, but like what happens next? And even if it's not like, I, do, I mean, it really does need to be actually be more defined than anything else, but I at least like to know that there, at least there's something because there's also some organizations like, well, hey, look, you're in this position, you're going to put in the work and like, you may or may not get promoted, right? And then it's kind of like, there's so much yeah. vagueness with that, that you really don't even know like where you're really going to be. Um, and I feel like that in itself can definitely be disheartening because you're not going to know, okay, like, what am I actually supposed to be doing? So that's kind of why I'm asking the question there, because I think a lot of organizations have that. But it's like, how do you start that process to start defining something? Because you don't want to promise something that you can't even deliver on. And then that makes you look even worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it definitely comes down to other departments getting buy-in from the other departments for them to pull talent from the SDR team is number one. Yeah. Um, and you know, number number two, I mean, those conversations should be had literally as soon as the employee walks in the door. What are your goals? If they say sales, as soon as they walk in the door, ask them again in three months because we all know being an SDR for three months can crush your spirit enough that you don't want to go into sales, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So. Yeah, so I mean, you, I, th- I feel like that's an ongoing conversation and it should evolve with the person, um, not necessarily like, hey, you don't want to be in sales, so let me walk you out the door, but you don't want to be in sales, so let me 
get you to somebody who's going to help you get where you need to go? Um, it, it's kind of a tough question, right? Because it, it changes. Like everybody, the what, what everything like what what everyone wants to do changes rapidly. Like you may not want to be in sales in a year from now. You don't even know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life, life changes and everything's an adjustment. And so, at least you have to at least know the expectations because the, there's a lot of CRs who go to customer success. They go to marketing. They actually may become an SR manager leader. Um, you know, obviously most most people go to account executive, but there needs to be other avenues. And I feel like a lot of reps that are in that position, they're about to get promoted, they're doing well, they're like, ah, I don't want to do something else, but then there is nowhere else to go. And so when let's ask the question here then, what would you what advice would you give to a rep if like, hey, I, I realize I don't want to go in the closing role anymore, I want to go somewhere else, but that spot's not open. What do you do? Number one, talk to your manager. Right, right. I mean, if you're if you're working in a position where you don't see the value, I mean, you've got a few really bad managers out there who will just cut you because you're not aligned with their business objective or whatever it may be. But I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Of the doubt. Number one, if you're going to try to move horizontally, laterally, laterally, whatever you want to say across departments, your manager is going to be your biggest advocate. So, so number one, you got to get them on board. Number two, you've got to ask their permission for introductions into other areas and you really need to start exploring. But most importantly, you have to still perform in the job you're in. And I think that's what a lot of people leave behind is they're like, I'm not interested, so I'm just checked out. And if you don't try, what, what leg does your manager have to stand on when he tries to present you for a new role? Yeah, 100%. And then what, so let's, uh, another piece of advice here for people, now that you've kind of laid the foundation, these are things you in sales development that are happening now that you can do. What advice would you give to people as they're, Entering into a new role, they're getting into a new job with an SDR. Like, what are some things you'd give them? Um, so, number one, I I actually read about half of the book of sales development, Corey Bray. It's actually really good. The first chapter is really helpful in getting in getting uh, getting the SDR gig. But I think if you're looking to get into the role, you should probably take a step back, go on LinkedIn, just do a search for people who are SDRs, and see if you can schedule a couple 15, 20 minute calls with them. Talk to them about what their challenges are in the role. See if it's something you really want to do. And then, you know, maybe, hey, go out and look into some other departments, like the, the common career path, like AE, CSM, um, you know, maybe even some kind of technical selling, you know, type role, like a, like a solutions engineer or something, and see what path you want to go on. So I think that's number one. The, one of the biggest things is, like, keep the end goal in mind, even if it means you have to start as, like, an SDR somewhere. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people just the patience. So that's a big thing too. Like I've been an SDR for three years. I had like a little spin as an AE, but mm-hmm. um, even I really don't know what I want to do. So that's kind of like on me, right? To, to explore that myself. So I would say if someone really wants to get into sales, make sure it's right for them before they get in. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, sales will real quick let you know if you're if you're a part, if you want to be in it or not. It's a mentally tough game, especially yeah. with an SDR. And I feel like now today, it's obviously getting a lot. It's a lot harder to keep that keep that mental and that keep that steady mindset because there's so much noise that's going on when people are like, oh, that person's killing it. I'm not, and it makes you feel a certain type of way. Yeah. So I think it's really understanding like being in your own headspace. When it comes to sales development, you can do the things that you need to do right. Yeah. I feel like, and you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, you, you know, you have, I think you have to realize that sales development and sales are two really completely different things. They require different skills. Like 
someone can be absolutely crushing it as an SDR and then go into a closing role and just flop. So yeah. I, I think people need to realize this too, that the skills don't necessarily always translate. Yeah. So, so why, why don't those skills translate? What happens? Well, I think a big part of it is, is you're, you know, as an SDR, you're focused on opening up the conversation as an AE, you're focused on closing, closing revenue. Mm. So I think it's a different conversation, right? You're having more strategic conversations as an AE with, with VPs and, and executives and, you know, even just directors or, or managers and SDRs, generally speaking, don't get that training. So I think a big part of it is, hey, encourage your SDRs to get on calls, invite your SDRs to calls. If you really want to build them up into the next rock stars, they need to have that exposure. So, you know, lack of exposure, I think, can definitely kill people's potential in the role for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's 100 percent. And a lot of people definitely need to be able to pay attention to the different things that are going to make them successful um, and making sure that they're doing their process in the right way. Yeah. And then additionally from the organizations where sales development is now, you mentioned a little bit about where the future is going, but like, how do you see sales development really rolling up in organizations? Are they going to go in that marketing sales ops? Like, where do you really see it happening? Like for sales development? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely multi-threaded. I mean, it's definitely like a, a cog in the, in the machine, if you will. And I think all the cogs have to move together. So, um, you know, I'm seeing it, I, I think personally, just from being a practitioner in the role and kind of having been through a few different companies with different systems, and it really comes down to data organization. And it really comes down to, you know, having a tight cadence. And then that doesn't mean throwing a bunch of people in sales lost and doing a call email call campaign. It means like, being able to make sense of all the data that comes your way. So I think that's where a lot of our noise is coming from. Um, and I think it's going to continue to. So I think in the future, it's really just how do you make sense of it all? How do you make a snap decision? How do you build your business acumen? And it's going to be more more about, like I said, the intangibles, the skills that you develop over time than it is about how many buttons can you push and how fast can you do it. And I think nowadays with our focus on volume, with our focus on just number of meetings as opposed to revenue generated, people are just focused on how fast can I hit that button. Yeah, no, I love it. And uh, that's, that's a really good wrap up right there of where Salesville is now and where we're going in the future. So Damien, thank you so much for coming on the Make It Happen podcast. Uh, before we before we leave, is there any lasting thoughts you want to give to the audience of people that are listening today? Um, yeah, thanks, Morgan. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just say if anyone has any questions, feel free to hit me up directly on LinkedIn. I guess you're going to post this on LinkedIn as well and, and on the um, on the different podcast avenues. So if we get any questions and you guys just have a burning thought, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, other than that, always open to share, you know, ideas, jump on calls with anybody, anything like that. Cool. Awesome. Well, Damien, thanks for hopping on. Keep making it happen, guys. <laughs> thanks, Morgan. Thanks for having me.